0: This is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. Hosted by Christian Blatt, his trusty co-host Will Sterling, Jeff Duray, and sometimes the lovely Zia Anderson. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian
1: Blatt. Welcome to the Blackcast, and I'll tell you something about the Blackcast. The Blackcast is good, but it could be better. And then the way to make the black cast better is to bring in the council of jeffs. I am Christian Blatt, as always. Uh, we'll be joined a little later, allegedly by Will Sterling. But with me right now, the one, the only, the Mister Jeff DuRay, aka DuRay Jeff. How are you, sir?
0: Hey, actually, you know, there's a second Jeff DuRay. He's like a chemical engineer out in Arizona, and he's not Breaking Bad.
1: Mm. Or, <laughs> he's like a legitimate chemical engineer. And uh from his uh Chris Christofferson tribute act as we were talking prior to the show. And if you're not watching the video version, you're going to really miss out on the visual of this. Uh yes, the uh long lost cousin to the brothers gib, the one, the only, Mr. Jeff Winstead. Howdy, everybody. Good to be back. Uh,
0: I, I thought it was Black Soup Superman.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, the uh the because oh yeah the mullet superman. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah this is uh this is superman's cousin from the the wrong side of tracks in krypton you know it's, it's like he's got the long hair he's got the facial hair and you know he's got a leather jacket You know? oh yeah yeah uh so we're here speaking of superman oddly enough we're here to uh talk about one of the one of the most controversial things that happened over the last month, uh, I would say America and the world is really divided over this. Yes. I'm talking about wonder woman, 1984. Uh, and honestly, I don't know if the, the world is as divided on it. Um, I think there is the scales of, of justice outside of the hall of justice tip largely in one direction. Although I know that uh, our friend Sam Whitfield has talked about how he liked the movie, Uh, Rob Lorich, who a lot of people know who listen to this show uh, He says it's his favorite DC movie He doesn't like most of them He liked it more than the first one And I hear that And I just think, well, that's crazy talk I mean, you know, opinion is is whatever people want it to be But I, I don't know I thought that the first Wonder Woman was great It is so far and away the best of all of these DC movies to me uh, I always thought that uh, Jeff DeRay, your thoughts on the original Wonder Woman Before we dive into 1984
0: I like. See, I loved the original Wonder Woman I was a big fan of it Couple things First of all, immediately when I was like Not loving this movie The thought went through my mind Like, oh no, there's not a giant male Supporting cast, and I don't like it as much Does that make me a misogynist? Two <laughs>
1: <laughs> The answer <laughs> is
0: yes As far as Lorich loving it, I could totally see that making sense because my impression of Lorich is somebody who has massive nostalgia for the 80s, and the movie is basically crafted to be an 80s movie. So it would make sense that it might appeal to those, like, yeah, things that, that, Mm -hmm. because it was like rewatching it the second time, it sticks out like a sore thumb how everything you're seeing is hokey and stupid but it's actually pretty much because it's supposed to be an 80s movie. And that's, that's exactly how they worked in the 80s movies.
1: Because as I'll talk a little bit more about as we go along, my wife and I saw it at a drive-in because uh, I preferred to see, you know, a big first run movie on a bigger screen instead of, uh, you know, at, at home or on my Apple watch or whatever. And uh, so in the middle of it, she turned to me and was like, so just because it's set in the 80s, they thought that they should make a, a shitty 80s action movie. And I'm like, well, I guess so. I guess that that was, you know, I understand trying to capture that spirit. And look, for every day of my life, I I will defend the great '80s movies like Die Hard One, but only one. Uh, and you know, I mean, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, I mean that Full Metal Jacket. I mean, we should do a whole show on that because it's two movies. There's the boot camp movie, and mm-hmm. then. Something very shocking happens And it's a completely different movie And both movies are great The frios had enough Rio <laughs> Yeah Yeah, <laughs> Wilson Fisk had had enough Rio uh, And uh, So yeah, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit About that, so we're in agreement That Wonder Woman 2017, as we can call that uh, Was really well done I thought that they really made us care About the character, I thought she was so well handled on screen. The supporting cast was great. Uh, What did you think of the original Wonder Woman, Jeff Winstead?
2: Yeah, I liked it. Well, it fell apart a bit in the last act,
1: but you know, other than that, I thought it was a strong, good character development. That's just because you feel personally that the wrong side won World War One. You know, that's fine that you feel strongly about that. (laughs) You were like, no, she's helping the wrong side. Yeah. And
2: the reason that movie worked, um, if, if the movie was nothing else but that scene of her coming up out of the trench for the, f- the first time, like that was an awesome scene that made the whole movie. Yeah. And um, there was really nothing like that in this one. Like, there's not a single scene in the sequel that I would go back and rewatch because it was just an awesome scene. Uh, like, Batman Returns is a good example. Like, it's not a great movie watched in whole,
1: but if you're you talking back, about and, the, the second Tim Burton movie. Yeah, right? the Tim Burton was in key second. Sure. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's got, the, the plot's all over the place. But if you want to go back and parachute into a scene and actually the scenes actually hold up pretty well, they're, they're very enjoyable.
1: Yeah. I think that that's a, that's a fair assessment. There are some of the, the Marvel movies that aren't my favorite that yeah. have great pieces in them, you know? Yeah. And, and I think even look, even some of the DC movies that I don't like, even, even Suicide Squad has like great sequences within it. It is just bubble wrapped around, you know, just, blatant shit so it's just like packed in surrounded by all this nonsense yeah Uh, but to just point like the the first
2: movie did have a better supporting cast like the supporting cast felt more realistic it was more rounded out um you know that was really lacking in this the characters felt sort of like one-dimensional uh
1: and uh our friend uh raging rhino agrees with jeff prime who is jeff winstead Uh, Hadn't thought of that Jeff That's a good take Sort of what you were saying there Uh, I I don't know I think it came up on the screen For those that are watching the video There he is Uh, And then also Just to backtrack a second He gives Jeff Winstead credit For looking more like Chris Mm -hmm. Cornell Uh, So uh, For Raging Rhinos' sake uh, We can call you Spoon Man The rest of the way Mm -hmm. If we like Uh, But Different shape between Jeffs Yeah This movie Is very Very different and I remembered in the lead up to it, it became apparent once you had the the trailers that for some reason, Chris Pine was going to be in it. And yeah. my wife's, you know, one of the things she really liked about the first one when we talked about it after we saw it was that she really liked Chris Pine in it. She thought he yes. was like, he really added a lot of Steve Trevor. And after this one, she was like, you know, I was excited that, that, that he was going to be in it again, but he shouldn't have been in this, you know, it just, it just doesn't work. And I think that this is a movie Wonder Woman 1984 that for me had what I will call actually a great superhero first act an okay. Second act. And then just like the third act, you know, you'd been, you'd, you'd been plugging the holes in, in the dam. And then all of a sudden it just all came rushing out and you're like, Oh no, 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 This, this just, this just didn't work. Uh, and I thought, Comparatively I thought Kristen Wiig was great In the first act Good in the second act And then once she turns into like You know cheetah of Like Jungle Cruise cheetah I don't even right, quite right. know what they were going for I was like oh I wish I wish she'd stopped being in the movie By that point Yeah, you know But uh, Jeff Duray, Just sort of overall you know And we're going to break it down and at some point We should have Will with us And we're talking about it And uh, and uh, it's funny because it's like almost yeah. as though knowing that I just teased the fact that he it was is. still going to be coming That's on I mean. and joining us a little bit—the one, the only Will Sterling. Um, but uh, no, we're, just, we're, no. we're just we're just starting to talk big picture right now. Uh, so Jeff DeRay, overall Wonder Woman 1984 thoughts. Well,
0: uh, so my thoughts upon trying to rewatch it for a little bit. Uh, was that it's basically you remember those stupid parody movies it's basically that 80s movie because it turned into an 80s homage it just turns into bad parody because it's like oh am I supposed to excuse this really poorly written scene where there's no motivation for anybody to do any of the things they do because it's 80s like it was just hard like again re-watching a lot of the opening scenes there was more stuff I was picking up on that just like I felt like was it led to my frustrations throughout the film. So you have the second beginning where they're in the mall. She's dressed in full Wonder Woman garb, right? So totally exposing her identity, not hiding it in the slightest. Uh, Then it's like you have a, a cop pointing his gun at the robbers as they're running up the escalator and also clearly pointing at a bunch of civilians, which they wouldn't do. The cop does nothing but just stands there and yells, Freeze while they continue to run up the escalator. Then after they're up the escalator, have a clear shot of leaving. He grabs the little girl to dangle her over the balcony for no fucking reason. None of it has any reason. There's no, none just stupid. It's just stupid all the way through. So that was the kind of stuff that made me go like, why is this movie happening right now? Um, it, and it's like, I think one of the things that everybody loved about the first thing of uh, the first movie was playing off this naivety of the character, right? Like, oh, she's in the real world now. I understand we have to move away from that, but it's like now she's a snooty bitch. Over 60 years, she's pining for a guy who's dead. So the first lesson we learn is learn to accept the truth and let things go. 60 years of not getting over a guy you knew for six weeks (laughs) being like, not wanting to even talk to other guys. One guy's like, hey, would you like to share a cab? Don't talk to me. Like, what the fuck is going on? And then you look in her apartment, all the pictures they show, she's just exposing her identity wantonly. Then there's a news broadcast that explains that there's been sightings of her like multiple times over the last year. And that's just one of 60 years. So just the whole movie's about how, hey, everyone should have known she exists. At the end, we're, we also, when she talks to everybody in the world, you probably should have known she existed, Bruce Wayne, because you were alive at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, like, a lot of this stuff just doesn't line up. I, it, I would understand if we were saying, like, hey, this is a totally separate world from the Justice League. But it can't be. You introduce this character in a movie for this, like, continued universe that you're saying, like, go fuck itself. And that's just, like, at this point, you can't do that. You know, you're too far down the rabbit hole to just be throwing everything out and be like, yeah, that was inconvenient for our plot devices. So wow. I think that was, it just there was just a lot of stuff that rubbed me the wrong way. Sure. And there was a lot of stuff missing that I thought really. I don't know. I, it just felt like a movie made by people. who. Are, <sighs> They're right? Like it's just a lot of like, look how great I am. Oh, well, I don't know how to get over a guy, but I'm always fabulously dressed and posing like a model in all these old timey pictures.
1: Awesome. <laughs> and by the way, I was just thinking how the dog barking could have been any of the three of you because uh, you all have dogs. Uh, so uh, whoever's yeah, dog. Was my,
2: that's no, cool. no. We
1: we uh, we are very pup friendly here. Yes. Uh, something that uh, that. We about is sort of this observation my wife had as we were watching it that just because it's set in the 80s did they think that they needed to make a bad 80s action movie because in a lot of ways that's what they did now i had said i think that the first act is actually a perfect superhero action movie first act is it is you know is it citizen kane no you know, is it is it Gladiator? No, but I thought that they did a good job, and it it just increasingly falls apart as it goes along. About it being an '80s movie, say what you will about the Captain Marvel movie, they made the most of it being the '90s, and there was great '90s music in this, in Captain Marvel. This movie had one '80s song that you sort of Recognized at the party, and uh, I sort of respect not overdoing it, but I was like. Man, how about like the 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 wardrobe montage, the little fashion show? Like that's where you need relax, you know, by uh Freddie says relax. I, I actually forget who that is off the top of my head all of a sudden, but you know, that song relax Fresh goes those, to Hollywood. Yeah. goes to Hollywood, yes, thank you. Uh that's exactly what I was thinking. And uh before we get to Will Sterling, I just want to bring in from the chat our great friend uh raging rhino. Who says that they wasted? Uh, oh, it went up and then it went down. That uh, they wasted Cheetah just like they wasted Ares in the first movie. Uh, and our great friend Craig Robinson checking in from across the pond got it to see got to see it in the cinema mid December in UK and totally wasn't worth venturing out for the reasons Jeff said. Uh, I sort of split the difference. I saw it from the comfort of my own car uh, and uh, with some delicious popcorn and. I appreciated seeing it on the big screen for the stuff that, uh, that, that I did have fun with. Now, uh, Will Sterling, when we talk about movies, especially comic book movies, we always go to Will Sterling. How would you describe your reaction? What did you think of Wonder Woman 1984?
3: Um, I, it was less than fine.
1: Mm. So, oh, fine. so fine. So mm. fine. Oh, Out. Let me write that fine. down. What if if you have to isolate what were moments? I feel like fine. What, were, what what were moments that were fine plus? Like what were the most fine plus moments within the course of the whole movie?
3: Truthfully, I was really in in the beginning. Like it was silly and cheesy. Like even in the mall. Like Jeff, you brought up a lot of good points, but I. Like I actually kind of liked the opening sequence with the games and stuff, and I was like, you know what? And like I was having a terrible fucking week, and I was like really sad, and I was like, this just this just feels nice. Like it feels nice to sit here on my couch and I'm watching my projector, so it's like basically being at the movies because it's like 110 inch on the wall. Um, and I was like, this I, I just wanted to make me happy, and for the most part. I just kind of tried to gloss over the things that like technically bothered me all the way up until like Steve Trevor came back. And I was like, I don't even know how this makes sense, but he's funny, I guess. And he's here. He did the clothes. And then they were in the airplane with the fireworks. And I think that was probably the last moment that I was like, okay. And then even the action sequence on the road, I was like, why does this not feel special or good? Like the way. When the theme comes and she's the first time it fucking happens and the first one she's fighting all those dudes and you're like fuck yeah and her on, you know like every action sequence except for the Aries one in the first movie is great even when you first get to the big on the road sequence which takes like an hour you're like all right she's got she's on the car and she's running and stuff it and then it just sort of started to slip away and then I started to question what I liked about it retrospectively like while I was watching it like I was trying to give up. Why was I trying to like this? I was like it's clearly not really very good anymore. And I, I I don't know. I the biggest thing that Raging Rhino said that you know they wasted her. That's the thing. Is that, and I Christian I texted you it had Spider-Man 3 vibes because I was like I think that if we tried to make one of these villains work separately, we could have easily had better movies on both sides of that. There's either one decent or great Cheetah movie or one decent or great Uh, Maxwell Lord movie. Instead, we have this subpar movie with both of them, which risks ruining both of them at the same time. So now you're like, okay, so we have to bring the cheetah back in the third one because we know we fucked her up. But now it's awkward because her backstory is being a Fox early 2000s Marvel movie character and that, you know, making a wish on a rock to become like the premise of that. Some of these things that work in comic books, I guess, but just so, it felt like watching the orig- the first, not original. I mean, we all know the Roger Corman Fantastic Four is actually the best version at this point. But the, Sadly the,
1: yeah, yeah.
3: the 2002 or whatever, you know, whenever that one came out. I think it's I 2002, thinking, uh, yeah. this feels like yeah. one of those movies. It was just not, yeah. was not good. Uh,
1: was- let me bring in a couple of uh, comments yeah. from the chat, and I'll expand upon them. Uh, our pal Sam Whitfield, who uh, has told us that he likes the movie, Uh, I'm going to chat with him a little bit in a future episode, uh, uh, along with some other people who liked it a lot less than him. Sam likes that they brought Steve Trevor back, but he hated how they did it. And Craig Robinson, again, across the pond agrees. Why not just magic him back? She already has her powers taken away. And it's, you know, the explanation is like, oh, this guy is now Steve Trevor, and she sees him as Steve Trevor, and it just is like I think I needed one more line explaining how this happened. Like, who is this guy? Yeah. Is this his is this his great grand nephew, or you know, just anything. Right. Just give us a reason why it is this guy. And I, I I can shrug it off, but it's just like, and 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 he just sort of showed up one day, and I was like, okay, but they're gonna pay that off. And yeah. they didn't pay it off. And what we were saying earlier, when we were talking about the first movie, this feels like this movie isn't done by the same people as the first one. And that's the problem. Not at all. Yeah. It's all the same people, you know? So I'm so, sorry. I, I think I talked over you a little bit. Will, what were you saying? You remember,
3: I mean, I, and also I was going to say, it was just strange, like there was that sort of story where it's was like, my powers are going away. And I like, when she kind of kept referencing it, I was like, but but are they though? Like there was never a moment where I was like, oh no, she's powerless. She's lost her power. I was like, then she gets the armor and she fights cheated, she wins. And I was like, I thought that there was like a storyline where she lost her powers, but I guess she didn't. Or maybe yeah. I, was, I was she, she
0: renounced was. her. Yeah. She said, I renounced my wish. Because yeah. you can just do that, I not in the presence it. of yeah. anything. All you have to do is like, I regret touching that monkey paw and it
2: opens its hand. I it
0: think heart. I I think that it's
3: was the, the martini at that point that I just kind of was like. Yeah,
2: which which is the whole movie over, you know, the whole the problem with the movie is as it goes, everything becomes. Well, it's magic. Right. Why is this happening? Oh, magic. Well, why yeah. is this happening, though. You know, magic is that- all logic, even superhero internal logic of the movie going right. out the window.
0: One of the biggest problems I keep forgetting to mention is that. I hated that we introduced a god who creates this object that's the the whatever the MacGuffin of the whole thing. Correct. And, and yet we never meet that god. Right. And it speaks to this exact magic issue. Yes. We've introduced gods. We've introduced their role in the world. We're reintroducing that concept, but being like, but gods are nowhere to be seen. What? Like, where, well, do you also know, have a literal god right right at the right end of the book?
1: Yeah. So, Will, you said that there's a literal God at the end of the first one. And and yeah, I did expect that that was either something that we were going to get or possibly have set up. And uh, it was a, another in many ways in which uh, it didn't really uh, deliver. Now, I know uh, Raging Rhino, uh, very invested in a lot of these uh, DC characters. And he points out that the final Cheetah transformation is on screen less than five minutes. We never get a good look at her. Uh, and our pal Dominicus Saxon talks about how this is wasn't lightning in a bottle like the first one. That was flat out amazing. This is very much, you know, not that. Uh, why doesn't she ask for his name at the end of the movie? Uh, the guy who was Steve Trevor, uh, you know, and I guess that reveal could have been somebody cool or something. Um, but to Will's point earlier, uh, I think Superman 2, I'm talking about the Richard Donner Superman 2, is definitely flawed in some ways whichever cut you're watching, there's still things about it that don't work. But when he gives up his Superman powers, you know, he's not Superman anymore in that bar, yeah. you know? And there's not that moment where Diana is like, Oh, I'm still fast. I'm still strong, but I'm not as special. And I thought that that's why the armor was set up was like, yeah, Oh, I'm going to yeah. need this armor because I'm not tough anymore. Right. This she only puts the armor on after she's yeah. back
2: at full power.
1: And, and Jeff, I wanted to let you expand on that a little, because I guess the armor, is that from the Kingdom Come storyline? or and, and, I, and I want you to talk a little bit about the movie in general, beyond the armor.
2: Yeah, the, the look of it, I guess, was designed by Alex Ross for the Kingdom Come
1: uh, miniseries. And I think he's been talking about how he didn't get paid. He's a little PO'd.
3: All right. Uh, you know, he didn't get a check. So just- just We're just talk good, to
1: you know Jack Kirby and, and Steve Dicko's Exactly, Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Talk, talk to Bill Finger. Right. No one gets paid. So right. Alex, you're gonna you're just gonna have to you know join the club. The greatest in comic books never got paid. Stan only got paid because he continued to work with the company, you know. Yeah. Stan wasn't getting paid <laughs> other than the fact that he was, you know, he was there as like a some degree of a producer. But anyway, yeah. so uh yeah, talk about the armor and then the, the film as a whole.
3: One yeah. day I saw the Hulk climbing on the wall and he wasn't getting paid by another spider. And I thought, I also wouldn't get paid. So,
2: Yeah, apparently, not to get too inside on it, but DC movies used to pay much better to creators than Marvel movies until recent times. So once they got rid of Paul Levitz um, as the publisher of DC, mm. things started to go downhill. That's what I've heard. Hmm. Uh, that's a little kind of off topic. But yeah, I'm glad that there was some time for the the fervor over the movie to calm down so i could look at it with fresh eyes and the movie's actually gotten worse the more it passes in my brain like at first i thought it was a dumpster fire and now i realize it's like a dumpster fire but somebody took a big industrial fan and put it over top of the dumpster and flying flaming garbage is going all over the place like the the movie is so scattershot there's no um It feels like a movie made by committee. And so I almost think what happened, like you were saying, it is the same creators that did the last movie, but now more people are involved and more people have opinions on the script and the direction of the movie. And it just feels really um, like it was just done. It feels very corporate. Like if you look at the worst Marvel movie, let's say it's Captain Marvel because it is. At least Captain Marvel... was just mediocre bad like that you could tell they were trying but it's just kind of mediocre and it's not really offensive this movie was try hard like i could just feel everybody working so hard to make such a massive disaster it was really sad. like i was cringing for the creators like in jeff johns who's a comic book writer um, that i know will's familiar with great comic book writer i love his stuff he's involved in the writing of these movies a lot of these movies, and he still is working on the movie somehow, even though everyone he's involved with is a complete bomb. But except for Captain uh, Shazam, which was yeah. again mediocre, but it did well.
3: Yeah, even his TV so. writing is not good either. And I'm like, how do you not
2: know how to do this? Yeah, this could be a whole sub conversation if we go down that rabbit hole. But yeah, I sure. think it's a real disappointment.
1: Well, well it's um, funny because you use the turn of phrase that they, uh, you know, that they try hard to make a bad movie, and that's when I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is Die Hard too. You yeah. know, right. Wonder Woman 2017 is Die Hard. This is Die Hard too. Where you're like, wait a minute, what are what are they doing? Like, why? Yeah. And I, 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 I'm I going to just say I don't know where this is in the character's backstory but uh, I hated that she could fly because I didn't think she could fly and if she okay. can fly, why does she not fly in uh, either Justice League or Batman vs. Superman? Because yeah. I'm like, I, you know, it's like I don't like when the Hulk flies. I like when you give him the, ex, the excuse that, well, he jumps really far. I'm like, alright, that I'll buy. Yeah, you know, Jones can't she can just jump Mm. you know and i'm like oh she's like laying down she's like body surfing on and and you know you guys mentioned it earlier the uh the airplane with the fireworks and the clearly edited in there oh it's the fourth of july really everyone (laughs) was working on the fourth of july everybody (laughs) was working on the fourth of july also and my wife was the first one to catch this. Everyone's wearing jackets earlier in the movie. Have you ever been to Washington, D.C. in July? Oh, yeah, that's true. It's like 110 that's with a thousand percent humidity. Nobody's wearing a jacket. I so, will say. Go ahead.
3: Maybe I was, I don't remember how boozy I was at the moment. But when I when I realized that that was the, how they turned it into the invisible jet, I did go, oh, that's kind of cool. I don't know why. I, I I forgot that they were gonna try to find justification for it and wasn't expecting it whatsoever. And then when it went invisible, like, oh, the invisible jet, right, right, right. But it like, didn't anger me. I read, an,
0: inter- I read an interview with Patty Jenkins and there was a couple things she talked about. One was the invisible jet and how they like, just came up with the inspiration of being like, well, the is has disappeared. So because she's the daughter of Zeus, she should be like trying to use that power. And they were like, it was such an aha moment for them. So it was like, I do agree that that was clever. Um, and then the other thing that it talks about is how, and this was, I think I read it before, or I don't remember when I read, but I, I read like a whole thing about how she was so confident about the third act fight this time. She was like, yeah, I know a lot of people didn't like it and I wasn't happy about it last time. And it's just like, really, you liked this one? Like the one where you're like, here, I watched this really good show called Game of Thrones, and what they did was turn everything really dark and then said a bunch of action was happening during that time and everyone just had to believe them. So let's do that. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I I agree that uh, the the third act uh, is not Bring in a couple of uh, other comments uh, From some of our same friends uh, I think that uh, They just popped up So uh, the, uh, so Raging Renaissance says They mentioned the Duke of Deception A very obscure DC movie But they needed to do more with it And sort of the conversation About the behind the scenes The biggest villains in the DCEU Are Warner Brothers executives That is a uh, a, a strong statement But not necessarily wrong Uh, And making the point that he likes Jeff Johns, but he often takes a long time to set up a small payoff. And then uh, Craig Robinson points out that he thinks she flies in the Justice League animated stuff, but agreed the flying was difficult to like, even if it was Donner inspired. Uh, You know, the tagline for the Richard Donner Superman was you will believe that a man could fly this movie i could not believe that a woman could fly no. i did not buy it for even a second or a half second okay. it, i do agree that it's cool that we got the invisible jet i like that they gave an explanation for it because to me wonder woman is one of the characters on super friends and like that's how i grew up with her that's what i knew i did i didn't even watch the linda carter show I, i'm old but i'm not that old so uh, i always think of her as like you know hey where's that where's that invisible jet i love the invisible jet so i was glad that we got it they gave a decent explanation but then flying through the fireworks and i'm like wait they're flying to the middle east in that plane and where was that plane that she had keys to the hangar is it like you know it, it's like how about a line of dialogue well because i work at the at the museum i have keys to the air and space museum something how about, was, it was how it was yeah.
0: fueled at the museum. First of all, it was fueled before they left. Second of all, you'd have to refuel that plane before you could get to the Middle East yes. because those aren't long-haul flight mm-hmm. planes. So it's just like if you why why you put yourself in these situations that you don't have to, where everything that you're pretending to like work doesn't work. It just is. It, it's, they yeah. did it throughout and the movie. There's never anyone to be like, "Hey guys, you know
1: how none of this makes sense, right?" <laughs> wow, that's that's when you need Will's guy in the back of the room. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah this is cool. But, you know, here's one thing. Uh, Sam points out that when they showed the invisible jet, he thought that's it. But I love Raging Rhino's comment, which is, this was the best use of the invisible jet I've ever seen, but I still think it's fucking stupid. <laughs> I
2: will say that scene had the only good line of the movie, the only good dialogue, which was Chris Pine's character saying, well, shit, Diana, like that was pretty much when, he, when she introduced him to the concept of radar. Like, that was, that was yeah. actually a good line. That was yeah. the only time I thought the dialogue was clever. And the whole. That thing.
3: Was funny, Cause it's like, what's my, uh, and to me it was like, what's my fucking purpose now? And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't even know why you're in this movie yeah. outside of Chris Pine and having that name. Like there was no need for him to, to just yeah. point earlier where it's like this yeah. dude, she knew for six weeks and it's been 60 years. It's yeah. like, I yeah. think you, you'd probably remember him and it'd be, you know a very important moment in your life obviously but she's got to fuck some other people in between then. you know what i mean like yeah nope girls but, that don't even know. matter go back to the mascara who knows like there's no way that it's just steve 60 years Yeah right.
1: look i mean i i figure in the the what like 70 years between movies there should have been you know just an endless string of d and v in her life and just you know anything in between you know i mean diana's out in the world you, you don't know i understand you don't live your life this is What's the problem.
2: That? You don't understand true love. That's,
1: that's the point. No, I don't. Point. That's true. Yeah. I, absolutely, I absolutely But the don't. problem
2: is they made Steve Trevor the hero of both movies. It's Like, he's the hero of this movie. He's the one who basically sacrifices himself again to get her to do what she needs to do to, to move her character forward. So true. it's uh, very patriarchal, I think.
3: Kind of backward. Also, I, I, Jeff, I don't know how much you read of Rebirth, uh, Greg Rucka's run on Wonder Woman, what, five or six years ago now? had just a tremendously original, very interesting take on Cheetah and the relationship between Barbara and Diana and the god, uh, you know, like who's created her and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, this is fucking amazing because yeah. there is that element like an invisible jet to Wonder Woman's villains being very silly, like the giant, what's the giant lady's name?
2: Jet, um. Uh, J- um. Giganta. (laughs) It is something like
3: Giganta. You know, I mean, comics are silly inherently, but there's a special silliness that, like, reading that, I was like, oh, the cheetah lady fucking makes total sense. And in this movie it's like, uh, I'm sorry that my papers are everywhere. I, I and I was like, oh geez. Yeah, and, and nobody <laughs> said,
2: so you're just doing Michelle Pfeiffer from Batman Returns. Right, exactly. Like, Only no women one women said, that said that. Oh, see, I thought it
0: was She's All That or whatever the movie oh, is yeah, where right, she takes right, right, off yeah. from, with Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. Yeah, where's Freddie Prinze Jr? You let your hair down, you're hot now. Yeah, the guy and... ignores her in the beginning. Like she's got shit everywhere. She's like, hey, I know your name, we're friends. He's like, don't talk to me. Two scenes later oh, your ass is no longer covered by that jacket. Hey, how can I help you? Like, come <laughs> on.
1: Yeah, all, all of a sudden, uh, Gilly for SNL is supposed to be hot. And I, I do think that she did a good job, in, especially in the first act. I mean, especially with what she was given. And I thought she was believable in the second act. And then, you know, again, it was just like, yeah, they, they didn't need her in the movie. And uh, when Will and I were trading uh, messages, just the insight of comparing it to Spider-Man Three, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man Three, not the one we don't have yet, and it was just like, yeah, why, why is Venom in this movie when you already have Sandman? You have Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman, and you need Topher Grace as as Venom, and you didn't. You know, I mean, that movie wouldn't have been great, but it would have been better. Uh, and I, I think that this movie should have focused on one thing or the other. And we haven't talked that much about him, but I do want to talk about Pedro Pascal, who now I officially prefer him with the helmet on. Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of trouble watching him in this movie, and which is uh, tough because
2: he's basically in every scene. Of the movie. I mean, he's, yes. he's almost got—he kind of, I mean, may have more screen time than Diana has
1: he's again, better in the first act. And then as he goes along and I'm like, so he's got to touch, he's going to touch people, but then he doesn't have to touch people up their mind. Was that supposed to be a Ronald Reagan lookalike or just random? Like, Oh, Mr. President, you know, president Stevenson or, you know, president, you know, president, not real president. And I'm like, he kind of looked like Reagan, but he didn't sound like him. I'm like, which one would go one way or the other. If you want, I, I thought it was be a be Superman cool. 2
2: thing where it was just like a generic U.S. Yeah. president, but, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. There was some confusion.
3: They were going for – and they didn't do any of this well. It's also one of the reasons for is like why is this in the 80s? Um, yeah. This like Reaganism, capitalism, like trickle-down economics thing, which I have my opinions on, of course, But but they didn't even really like put a shoulder in either way. They were like – I mean, there were some bad guys in the 80s, like Maxwell Lord, who totally ch- changes his mind in the end because he's a kid, and like... Oh, he had the, the whole time. time. But what? He had that
0: kid the whole time. Yeah. Nothing changed with his relationship with his son, except that we saw that when he was a little kid, his mom wasn't nice to him either, which apparently he had forgotten, so we needed to have the whole experience in one montage right. yeah. at the end. To set up the backstory of the character, we're now done with.
3: It was like that's they cool. wanted to make a point about Reagan, but were not ballsy enough to actually make the president Reagan. Like at least in the weird Watchmen world, it's like, look at Nixon; he's the president somehow. Yeah, so. that's right. That's fucking Richard Nixon. I guess that makes sense. But yeah. I have a theory now, as I've been thinking yeah. about. It. The movie was originally supposed to come out last Christmas. Then it got pushed yeah. to the summer. Then it ended up actually coming out this Christmas. The way the movie feels like, from like script to completion, is like they actually hadn't shot anything by Last Christmas, and they were like, "Oh fuck, wow, we gotta put this movie out like in a couple of days. We'll just gonna kick it to the summer and get the, get the wheels going on this thing." And then the global pandemic hurt, and they were like, "We get six more months," and then they released it. Like this is what this was their senior project. They rushed in a year.
2: <laughs> yeah and the, the irony is patty jenkins was the person who asked them originally to hold it off yeah so they wanted to put it out the previous summer i forget what year now so yeah the summer of 19 and she said no no let's wait and then she she regretted this is even before pandemic she regretted that she waited yeah like, I bet you really regret it now.
1: Yeah. You
3: know,
2: but yeah, look, go.
1: there's, there's an important, uh, there. If you want to make the statement about capitalism, especially American capitalism in the eighties, I mean, the, you know, we all grow up with, uh, back to the future, the original and how beloved it is. But the way that that movie ends when he ends up, as the title implies back in the future. And he's in this nicer house with like, he's got a nice truck now. Like the rest of the world is like, no, this isn't a good thing. This isn't what's supposed to make you happy. And only in America do you think that way. And of course I never thought anything of it. And it's, it's just sort of that ending of back to the future is viewed around the rest of the world as in like, yeah, this is, so you could have really Had something important to say But I don't think there's anything important Anywhere in this movie And he just like And look it's a superhero movie Of course you have very cartoony Performances I mean Willem Dafoe As Green Goblin just couldn't be more Over the top but it works In the first one you know And this is just I'm like Oh no 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 Mando come on This this is this is Not the way this there were
3: parts of his performance that I actually really liked. I think just because they, they, they just hit so deeply into the fucking absurd and crazy. We're like, <laughs> and he just like starts losing his mind. I was like, I don't know, there's something entertaining about this. Like it, uh, for whatever reason, sometimes it's very fun watching actors who are 110% committed to something that is fucking bad. And you're like, oh, you, you didn't know... Okay,
1: like we're oh, we're not yeah, well you know, John Travolta in Battlefield Earth is an amazing, amazing yeah. instance of what you're talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. And and uh mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. obviously obviously Zenu gave him the strength to perform in that right. film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh I, I don't know. I, I didn't uh I, I didn't think that I would bring up Battlefield Earth. Now I have to mm-hmm. think about which one of those these movies is better. Uh but uh and I think that's really what the problem is: is that it's just disappointing because the character is so good. But now, this is this is two duds in a row that she's shown up in. Because Justice League, even if you add another two hours to it and you and you make it dark and and mysterious and oh my God, Batman's gonna say fucking it, it, you know, she's gonna be in two bad movies in a row now. And she's so you know she's so great. And whatever people think of Batman vs Superman. What nobody ever said was like, you know, the movie was pretty good, but then Wonder Woman showed up and it was trash. You know, people who didn't like that movie would say how much they liked her in Batman versus Superman. Like, yeah, we could have used more of her. And she was great in her own movie. And I, I don't know. I mean, was it? what do we think the problem was? Was it too ambitious? Is it what Will's saying, Jeff Winstead, that they tried to pack too many things into it? Or what do you think the fundamental problem is with this movie?
2: Script. I mean, it's really just about the script. I mean, it, I kept watching the movie thinking, I wish the plot of this movie was different, like from the outset, like when, when they're showing the games, for instance, and uh, young Diana gets thrown from her horse and she looks and she sees what I thought was like a cave and ended up being like a tunnel for a shortcut. I thought this would be a great movie if she goes into this cave and it's some some unknown Amazonian threat that the Amazons had buried and this becomes the plot of the movie. Like, that's a better movie already. For sure. You know, just anything else but this plot. I, I yeah,
1: like, if, how... if it had been that stone in the cave, like the stone yeah. that, that oh it in 1984 at right, right. their like, beginning. Even she's like,
3: like, they're fun. You're like, technically, then you think back on it. Like, I was enjoying them. Now, I'm like, why are these here? Other than to illustrate, she's like, I learned this lesson as a little girl. And I was like. Don't cheat. Yeah. And And did you learn the lesson? Because
2: you're crying at the end of the movie because you don't understand the lesson that we're told that you're getting the first of the movie. Just really strange. So I think it's mostly um, you mostly script. But then I got to be honest, even when you get to the directing phase, even if you don't like Zack Snyder's style, when you watch those movies, there's a like I'm on I'm not a huge fan of Man of Steel, but there's an artfulness to the directing that this just doesn't have
3: yeah
0: there's
2: nothing about this where you think, and I was saying earlier, will, like is there any scene in this movie where you want to go back and watch because it was such an awesome scene? No, not like the first one where she comes up out of the trench like there's n- there's no equivalent here, and I feel like um yeah, so I don't know I, I I guess it all starts with script, you know, but beyond that, just everything fell apart. The only good thing about the movie, I think, is both Chris Pine and uh gail Godot are 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 likable, yeah. you, know, you want yeah. to watch them in something better than this.
1: Yeah. I mean, fundamentally I would watch her as Diana, you know, I'll usually use the example of, you know, reading the phone book. I mean, if that's what they want her to do, she is, uh, she's very engaging. She does a great job with the character. Uh, Jeff Duray, do you think script is the problem? I mean, obviously it starts there, but what, what sort of compounds why it doesn't work? Is it the fact that in the script there are the two villains? Uh, and before you answer uh, raging Rhino has the thought that you know, Barbara just uses the stone to become Cheetah and you get rid of Max Lord entirely. Uh, I mean, that would certainly work, but uh, Jeff, what do you think?
0: Well, again, I think so. I can my assumption is that because she had had such great success with the first Wonder Woman, people everybody it was very laissez faire this time, like, oh, yeah, do whatever you want, Patty Jenkins. You go, you know how to do this. And I feel like that kind of thing is what leads someone to start having too insular thinking. And that's when you end up with like a lack of that collaborative art that you, you maybe were seeing. Like even Themyscira in the first one, when it's more CGI, which I never prefer, it actually felt more reflective of some paradise that doesn't exist anywhere on man's earth. You watch this one and you're like, oh, the woods somewhere in Atlanta, cool. Like what the fuck it, it just, it, no, like the lack of that sheen, yeah. it, it speaks to the lack of like, Oh, this no longer feels like, like it looks at one point, like you're like, Oh, is that like Runyon Canyon? Like <laughs> where you're riding the horses. It just doesn't look like it's some magical Island that has been completely untouched by like the pollution of man. Right. That's what Themyscira is supposed to be in my mind um as far as like the movie itself because you're just going like yeah yeah whatever i think works it's like the same thing when you're talking about jeff johns i i don't know i can only make assumptions but i feel like a guy like that's like no say the words i wrote instead of allowing these people who are are trying to like inhibit these characters whatever inhabit these characters come up with words that they think work better for these situations. Like when there's a more uh, collaborative process, you get better characters look at no further than Thor Ragnarok. All you'll ever hear Hemsworth say is how YTT wants to have a collab. Oh, you think that's a good line. Let's use your line. Let's try it your way. There's like the, anytime you hear this collaborative process, we're getting better films. And I, I'm not saying that wasn't here. I just, my suspicion is, is it wasn't because I don't hear it. And because I don't see it.
1: Yeah, and 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 a lot of times your your good movies split the difference. Let's film it my way, and then you yeah. know, let's do one or two where we try some alternate lines or even just you know some different emotion in the scene. Uh, Will, what I wanted to ask you was Jeff coming from the point of view that maybe they were a little bit more laissez faire and let her do what she wanted. Patty Jenkins, I mean, uh, do you think that the opposite is possible? That because the first one was this behemoth. That everybody at Warner Brothers is like, yeah, yeah, but we really, we have a say, we want this, we want that. Do you think that she got, the the movie got noted to death in terms of, you know, just, you know, it not being as much as she wanted? Or uh, where do you think that the problem most likely lies sort of at the, you know, behind the scenes level, not the actual script writing, but the here's what the movie needs to be from a Warner Brothers standpoint?
3: I think the interesting thing is, like, if if there's any movie that has clearly been noted to death, it's the theatrical cut of Justice League. It's noted so far as to remove, like, 80% of it and reshoot it with another dude. And then you see that, and you're like, this is fucking terrible. It is is only two hours long because somebody, like, forced it to be. two. Like, I I love DC characters. I want to love these things as much as I can. I think the thing about this is just it's just not good. So like, I don't think it was noted to death. I think that people were just like, I mean, I think she had creative agency, but I do th- again. It goes to show that like, I don't think Jeff Johns is a particularly very good screenwriter at all. Uh, he his heyday of comics is is pretty much well behind him. I'm not saying he can't do good things again. It's just this is not his medium. Like I used to think about wanting to write comics, and the more I read comics, and the more I try to like you know, work in screenwriting and I'm writing a book. Like, I'm like, I don't actually think I would be a good comic book writer because I just don't, I don't live in that space. So like maybe, but I I, I don't know. I just think that I think Jeff is right. That it's just a bad script because to me, I'm like, I look at this. And the four of us can be like, wouldn't it be more interesting if, like, she bumped into the god or the tomb of the god in the very beginning where she found the stone? And then we go back to the stone, and you're like, oh, and it turns out that's the god that they mentioned later and gets turns her into cheetah. You're like, yeah, 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 that sounds right. You're like, well, we're not going to do that because that makes <laughs> sense.
2: <laughs> you're getting somewhere. Oh, no, that's the wrong way to go. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking was
3: like in the 80s. And then, like, actually, Steve is a dream man and he possesses a body and then like it's just it feels like you asked your 10 year old to write the sequel and they just laundry listed ideas and you were like fuck it let's go for it
1: yeah <laughs> Will, i we already referenced your guy in the back of the room who's yeah, like one. Uh, one thing yeah. and makes the notes do you think that maybe that guy was out that day and his cousin was there who's the guy who's like uh yeah look you have it it makes sense but here's the thing, and then he throws in all these ideas that actually make it terrible. So he's the opposite of your guy. I feel like funny. that guy got, you know, was like, "No, you guys have a good script," but instead of having it make sense, what if it doesn't make sense? <laughs> Do you think that that would be better? That's uh,
3: very very possible.
2: And bringing it all together, and back to what Jeff said about making it more of a collaborative effort, like when they were in the plane. And she was saying to Steve, I love how you fly. It's your superpower. Right. And no one said, that's a really hokey line. Like, I can see, I, Jeff Johns totally wrote that line. I 100% guarantee it. And somebody <laughs> should have said, that's great for comic books, Jeff. Yeah. But this isn't going to work on the screen. And nobody did. And sort of getting back to the flying thing. So, yeah, the um, that is the origin of how she flies in the comics, at least in the comics from 86, the, the George Perez run. She um, glides on wind currents. So she doesn't fly the way Superman does, like from the chest, like pulling, propelling himself. She flies in these wind currents. And so, you know, I can see that coming a mile away when they when she had that line to Steve because I read the comics, but it still didn't work in the context of the movie. And also, as Jeff was saying earlier, in the continuity of the other three movies we've seen her remember, where she doesn't fly at all.
1: Um. There there was a narrative about this movie that I kind of stayed away from because I didn't see it right away. I know it, 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 it was on HBO Max, at least here in the U.S. It was there on Christmas Day. I didn't see it until the 30th because I went to the drive-in. So I kind of, you know, steered clear of it. But there was a very real conversation happening that her – and, and Steve Trevor being together is actually a very rapey sort of encounter. And there's not any consent. And we, we could make light of it because it's a guy and you're like, yeah, but look at her. And honestly, the guy that this is who, when we see him at the end of the movie, if you like whispered to him, he's like, you know, you banged that girl. He'd probably be like, Oh, I did. <laughs> you got to figure he's okay with it. But to talk about it in not such literal terms, And I, you know, I hate the way people throw the word problematic, but is it, is there any, is there any question while they're writing this script of like, wait a minute, but she's not really having sex with Steve Trevor and this guy's being possessed right now. So it's not really up to him. And we ran into this when I was doing the after show for Legion on AfterBuzz at the second season, there's like a, a mind control thing. And, uh, there were some very, uh, very different opinions, uh, myself and any other men that appeared on the show were like, we're not even going to let ourselves have an opinion. But, uh, my, my pal Zia who's on this show a lot, she was just like, no, it's fine. And other, other women felt uh, like, no, it's not fine. And I'm like, great. I don't, I still don't have an opinion on that. That series because of that because it's 2021 and I I don't need to have an opinion on that but um, I do defer to our resident feminist uh, and this is a you know a a, a a a sort of a a a gender fluid issue it is a it is a it is a male uh, character yeah, right Jeff yeah, thanks, wins, is our yeah, yeah. feminist it's definitely yeah.
2: creepy I mean <laughs> you, you got to admit it's creepy. So. But Will, uh, creepy,
1: by the way. Will, was, was this something things you things thought things. about when you were watching it or was it just like you saw people talking about it and like, oh, OK, I mean, I guess maybe. Or is it something you thought about at all, basically, is what I'm asking. I
3: guess I hadn't really considered it. I think Jeff brought up the most the the most um, important point when it comes to the feminist argument, which is it's st- Steve's sacrifice gives her the reason to. You know what I mean? There's still that like reliance on a man in that way to push her to the understanding of the theme and then be able to save the day. Now it it doesn't mean that you can't have any romance or that like a love story. You can still have these kind of things. And yes like a a true partnership does oftentimes trade in those things but it is weird that he was brought back in this movie for no other reason other than she purely pined after him, pun intended.
2: Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah,
3: You're on the right star though. Like Jeff said, yeah. for sixty years, <laughs> but she, but she never had any other relationship with anybody. Uh, and then him being like a ghost version, like in another dude's body, and then they being like, "Hey, I have to go." And now that I can go, it gives you your powers back. Like she has no agency. You know what I mean? She's totally powerless, emotionally, not even just physically. Without him, you know, she's in hiding. She's saving some people, but she can't save the day until there's Steve Trevor. And I think that that's just kind of silly. Like when they were like, Hey, we're bringing it back in the sequel. I was like, cool. So we just undo that wonderful sacrifice. Like, no, no, well, he's going to make the same exact sacrifice in this one. So it's like home alone too. You know, it's like the bucket of goo versus a bucket of hammers. It's kind of apples It's like, it, it was such a stupid thing to bring him back outside of trying to make money with his name on the billboard. Like there was no reason to have him in this movie. She ha- she should have the agency to make all these fucking decisions and revelations on her own.
1: And uh, yeah. I hope that they never try to. Uh, and, and I I really like Chris Pine. Uh, I like he him as really Captain Kirk. Like uh, but in it. I, I don't. After. I I don't ever want to see him again. Like uh, you know, I don't really need. Uh, forever. It, it, yeah, it's done now. Like we don't have it. Um, but uh, Jeff Duray, if uh, I'm wondering, and, and let's go hypothetical, if you were not in a committed relationship and uh, you awoke mid-possession and you re- retained your faculties and you were in the middle of, um, well, you were in the middle of Diana Prince, uh, would you be like, no, this is wrong. Stop it. Or would you be like, hey, that's ain't so bad.
0: So if I'm going with your example, I'd probably freak out because I would be returning to consciousness mid coitus and would be like, wait, who's on top of me. Right. Cause I don't know. Like I would just be like, what the right. fuck's happening?
1: You could be afraid. <laughs> you'd be afraid that it's Kristen Wiig. I get it. That's fair. Yes.
0: Exactly. No, <laughs> no, I mean, obviously Gal Gadot's hot and, and we have this whole thing of like, yeah, I wish she would, I wish my teacher would touch me. <laughs> But it's just like what like come on. It's it, it is ridiculous. And it's also one of the things that I've always thought is like it's just unfair to this guy, this guy yeah. that we barely know who has from any scene we've ever actually seen him in, seems like a really good, genuinely yeah. good person. Yeah, and sure. we're just like, yeah, fuck your life. Uh she needs to like bang it out for a while. And yeah, Diana doesn't, doesn't give a shit. Out. She
2: never expresses any concern for the dude the whole movie. No. And that's that's the problem. Like that's that's the crux of the issue. To what makes it so me yeah. If yeah, we I mean, saw he's...
0: Diana go out on a date and like, you know, get frisky and then just be like, Okay, now leave, like I'll call you a cab. I would be more like, Yeah, girl power, like do your thing, like live your life. That would and then if she did this thing, even if even if then it came up and it was like, Oh, this was the true love of her life, I would be more on board because I'd be like, Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, she's been going around, but she never really connected with anybody like she did with first person that she met. I could understand that, but the fact that she looks like she's basically like I'm the world's most
1: beautiful spinster.
0: Oh, he came back! Like, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah,
1: yeah the uh, the cat lady at the end of the block is hot. I don't, I don't understand. Literally,
0: I would be down for like a, a, and not even for whatever. I think a much more interesting story would be if she had a relationship with Barbara. And that somehow finding out that she had these powers was the betrayal that created animosity between them. Like, how could you fucking hide this from me? We've been building a life together. And then we don't have to do the stupid, oh, you put your hair back down and now you're hot and guys like you. Like, <laughs> stop.
3: That's the thing. It's like, see, that's, that's the thing. a Hollywood is always interested in grandstanding and telling you like how forward and progressive they're going to be. But when you actually say like, Hey, a really fucking amazing storyline would be if Barbara and Diana had a relationship and this was the whole push for justifying like this, this whole thing, they'd be like, yeah, but I don't know if we could have like actually like a lesbian superhero movie. So we're just, you know what I mean? Like that is an incredibly more interesting story that gives it so much personal stakes. An actual emotional like depth and fucking justifies a woman turning into a cheetah in a magic movie like yeah there's all these different things yeah great but instead they're like oh uh, no it's- yeah Dead guy. Let's do that again. Yeah,
1: and 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 instead they they sort of it, it's a it's a minor subplot, but they have in in New Mutants they do have sort of the the you know burgeoning lesbian relationship. Which by the way, I was thinking about that as I was putting together my thoughts for this. That the way 2020 turned out for me, far and away, New Mutants was the best superhero comic book movie of the year. Uh, second ended up being Birds of Prey, which was the last standalone comic book episode that we did back so in February. Of 2020. Better than Wonder
3: Woman 1984. He-
1: uh, yes. He- here's the thing. Even if it was garbage, it would be better in that it's 90 minutes and not two hours and 40 minutes. So it doesn't waste your time. I do actually like it. It it has similar problems in that it begins to fall apart towards the end. Uh, But there's things that I really like in the third act. Would it have been Uh,
3: better if One Woman 1984 was Tenet where it was the same forward as it was backwards? So even if you watch it a second time, you're like, oh, that's right. This This was never good.
1: Yeah, well, well Tenet, Tenet was, was definitely not my favorite movie that I saw on, on a big screen in 2020. Uh, I, I liked Invisible Man more than that, you know? So, uh, but I think that, uh, you know, this, it, it's interesting to think about it because my thought became, what do I like the least? Wonder Woman 1984, Suicide Squad, or Justice League. And I think Justice League. Wow. But this is close. And I would have to watch Justice League again. And I don't want to. Uh,
3: There's a feeling inside me thinking about all three of these. movies because I've seen Wonder Woman the most recent. Like, that, that out of the three, like, I think I would still pick Wonder Woman 1984 as, as the best of those three. Because it's just like, at least it's bright and colorful. And it has yeah. a lot of Gal Gadot being Wonder Woman. Like, yeah. there's not enough of her in Justice League and there's none of her in Suicide Squad So, I'm, and there's outside of Will Smith I like Joel Kinnaman but he doesn't do enough like I don't need the I don't know
0: Suicide Squad was boring I would yeah. say though that specifically to a point Jeff made previously I would out of all of those movies rather watch Superman first waking up and looking at the Flash while he's like running around super fast than any scene oh, yeah. in any of the movies yeah
1: Right, right. That's fair. Even
0: though it's like ruined at the end, but it like that was a way more interesting scene than anything that happens yeah. in these. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, think I would say...
2: the worst movies, I would put Suicide Squad at the floor and then this would be just above Suicide Squad is the worst of the DC movies.
1: Okay. Just because
2: Suicide Squad, I don't think the characters are as as like, the actors. You know, at least you can no. say Chris Pine and Gail Gadot are, are interesting.
1: To, to, and, to look at on screen, and and I I do legitimately I like Ezra Miller as Flash. I think that that characterization of him, which may not be what you guys like because you like the comics, I felt like that worked what in that, in that, that movie.
3: Treated like Wally. Why do you think people like him? He's
1: silly and funny. Wally. Yeah, and uh, like
2: I, I know I've told you this, you know, on text, but at least he can act, unlike the yeah. guy from the, who plays the Flash on the TV show. So yeah, that's that's what way up already. Not. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, uh, but obviously, you know, what we're overlooking is that, of course, Suicide Squad is great because it has the one true Joker that we've ever gotten in any movie—the best Joker mm-hmm. that we've ever seen, of course, Jared Leto. So I don't even know why we're trying to compare that movie. I can't wait to see more of him in Justice League. It's gonna be so good. I'm gonna have to be like
0: fully erect the whole time. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know I'm just saying I'll be excited, like I'll be sitting straight up in my yeah, chair. Yeah, we we knew what yeah. you meant. Um, let's talk about uh, a moment. My my friend Nikki Bailey that I do a, a Star Trek Discovery after show with. Uh, she only liked the last ten seconds of Wonder Woman 1984, uh, and it's something that uh, Dominicus Saxon mentioned that we would be remiss in pointing out that the only really good part was the cameo at the end. And uh, I think people that didn't like the movie did think that was a really cool reveal. Uh, that we got to see Linda Carter, who, of course, was TV's Wonder Woman uh, in the 70s. Very cool that we got to see her. It's a nice moment. I don't know if it works from a storytelling standpoint. I don't know if it's setting something up. Like, are we going to get her in a third movie? Uh, but, Will, what do you think of that? Or, or had you just already thrown up your hands with the movie? And, like, I don't even care what the postcard scene is at this point.
3: I didn't even care. And they didn't do enough to make that armor and that character like really mean. Again, we talk about God stories and all the stuff we could have done to make things make sense that I honestly forgot what that person's name was. Like, I don't know the comics so well to have memorized all these intricate Wonder Woman characters. So at the end, I was like, I don't know, who is that. I had to Google. I was like, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman 1984. Like, oh, she's the lady with the armor. I was like, oh, OK. I guess she'll be in the next one. That's fine. Is she bad? Yeah. Like, is she a good guy? Why aren't they friends? Why doesn't? Why is she? Like, why is she hiding? Yeah. Also, in
0: 60 years they never met up, despite the fact that one more woman is not hiding her identity at all. Right. But, yeah. Well,
3: the thing though is like, and I don't know, outside of what I've seen her in these cameos and the similar DC shows on television, I don't know that Linda Carter is like a phenomenal actress. So. The idea that she would, like, co-carry a whole third big, like, budget movie alongside, like, a fucking movie star well, is weird to me. I, I don't know. I, I,
1: I think our friend Ken, a.k.a. Coltrane, would say, how dare you? Uh, except, of course, when he says that, it means you're absolutely you right. Mean, yeah, you know, I, I think. It just feels like, and this is probably kind of
3: mean and people would kill me for it, but it's like, it just feels like there's a TV actor in a giant in a big movie. It's weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and Sam says that the, uh, Sam Whitfield, the Linda Carter is still gorgeous, but her scene felt cheap. Yeah. she It was great to see her. I, I was like very excited by that moment. Uh, what did you think Jeff Duray? Uh,
0: I mean, it, it begs a big question for me of like, I had always been, and I guess I just don't know the rules, right? I assume that, uh, the mascara, because of where it was and how it was located protected them from Time, right, the passage of time, so that all these women could basically be living for forever. But her Linda Carter living outside the world of Themyscira forever and never really apparently aging, or but kind of aging. It just asks, it begs the questions, right? So Diana grows up and then she becomes an adult woman. Everyone there is adult women, except for some of them seem somewhat older. So do they just age slowly? Do they not age at all? What are the rules? It just doesn't really make any. And and I just, I didn't need her to be there. I knew it was going to be her. I knew it was going to be Linda Carter. I knew it was going to be the lady with the the stupidest set of armor that's ever lived because all it was used for was to make her look like an angel when she lands. Like literally, I watched that scene again. She breaks through the clouds, pulls up for a second so she could do a full angel stop, then goes back to diving down because that stop had no value other than to expose her to any enemy, like incoming mortar fire, whatever shit. It was just like, what is going on here? Because that was when the military base is full of people shooting guns at her. And she's like, let me just make myself a nice big target before I come down. And then she's wearing that suit of armor and she's kind of flying, but jumping. And mm-hmm. then she hides herself in it so it can be torn to shreds because apparently it's not actually that strong. And then she just sheds the wings because she never really needed them in the first place. So what the, f- like, Just I just, I didn't i don't know there's just a lot of stuff and so i didn't need Linda carter I, i've obviously never seen the movie i think it's a nice nod again if you watch this movie because you wanted to watch an homage to 80s movies i think it's great and i think this movie is probably great if you wanted to watch this movie because you thought we were getting the next wonder woman movie it sucks and like it the more you break it down the more you start to feel like wait was like i was entertained when I first watched this, but the more I try to pick it apart, the more I'm like, why was I entertained?
3: I don't even know (laughs) if there's a great homage, in my opinion, to like to 80s movies. Cause like, as you were saying, like earlier, it feels like, remember when there was the brief spinoff of that 70s show called that 80s show and all the the jokes and the trailers on TV were like, it's a cell phone. It was like, what? Like it felt, it doesn't, it's not a movie set during the 80s, which is how you should usually make period things. It's a movie about look at how silly the 80s were. Yes. Which yeah. is not an homage. That's like a lampoon. So it doesn't feel authentic. It feels like this tongue in cheek joke that isn't actually funny. It's, I was, I mean, the whole time, I was like, why is this in the eight? Trump is alive now. If you want to make the same argument, just fucking do it now.
2: Right. Compare this to any random episode of Stranger Things where they do right. the 80s right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's no contest. Matter of fact, once they got past the mall scene, the movie needed to not be set in the 80s at all. It never no, felt like yeah. it was 80s. Outside you know, of his wardrobe. Of Outside of the wardrobe scene, which, by the way, unnecessary scene. Like It wasn't even that yeah. funny, but from a storytelling standpoint, it wasn't necessary because didn't he end up wearing the same outfit he had on the night before anyway? Yeah. So it didn't make a whole lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've had that that fashion show scene so many it was, times. You could have
2: the joke later,
1: right? Where he's yeah. like, "My friends make fun of me for wearing
0: this, but I think it's oh, right. hot." Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Right.
1: That's right. But uh, because I see it about twice a month because of my kids, uh, there's a better fashion show costume try on scene in Toy Story three when uh, Barbie has Ken in the in the dream house. I've seen it five times in the last two months. So believe me, it's much better. But will uh, Jeff Duray had a bunch of things that he was asking questions, but doesn't it ultimately come down to your usual answer of uh, because comic books?
3: Uh, kind of for whatever reason that justification works for me with the Aquaman movie but it doesn't really work for this because you have Aquaman you're like this is also really fucking silly and technically like I guess not good but every time I watch that movie I'm like this movie is a lot of fun you know what I mean like I'm with this I wasn't like well at least this movie is a lot of fun I was like I don't actually know why any of this is is happening uh I never thought we'd be living in a world where the Aquaman movie was like way better than this other Wonder Woman movie, but. Uh, and, 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 and as, as was Shazam,
1: by the way, Shazam and Aquaman. Uh, and, you I know, know, I referenced,
0: sorry, what were you saying? Jeff Durek? I have an answer for both of those. There's hardly any action in this action movie.
3: That's true. It's, yeah.
0: There's tons of action in those movies. There's none. there's two and a half hours and I can name one and a half fights.
3: Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. At least those movies are, and that's what makes comic book movies, comic book movies to a certain degree. They're motivated. You know, it's always like, what's the moment before? Like one scene has to lead into the next scene with justification. Like these movies are truly, they move through the scenes via fights. Like that's kind of, should be half of the movie. That's what reading a comic book is. So like the fact that we got to that big on the road sequence and I was like, why does not this feel cool? I don't, I'm not really like jazzed about this.
1: Uh, Yeah. It was, a, well, it was a- yeah, and you know, I, I referenced her earlier. And uh, people who know the you know, myself and, and our pal Zia Anderson doing shows together know that she hated the Captain Marvel movie. After she saw this, she's like, Oh my god, Captain Marvel is so much better than Wonder Woman 1984. Wow. And I didn't expect her to say that, but it does have a lot of action in it, it has some fun 90s nods, it does have Sam Jackson in it, so uh, you know. Uh, I didn't hate Captain Marvel like a, a lot of people. Uh, I didn't either.
3: Here. I don't know why people hate that movie so much. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's just mediocre,
2: I think, I think for me.
3: Yeah. It's, it's
0: It was one of those things where Marvel had been knocking it out of the park. We had yeah. had Infinity War. We were waiting for Endgame, and then this was supposed to join them together, and everyone was
3: like... Whoa! Way to, like, dip the tone. Jesus. I, I knew <laughs> nothing about Captain Marvel, so I was just like, oh, this is, this is all new information to me. Um, yeah. But I do think that they did the eight, the 90s well. Sam Whitfield brings the in the comments this year because it's one of my favorite shows of all time. The Americans is a great 80s series. I mean, yes, The Americans is a fucking hardcore drama, so it's hard to make them the same. But, yeah, it's set in the 80s, and there's no moment where they're like, look at my fanny pack! You know what I mean? Like... Sometimes yeah. Reese is wearing some silly fucking costumes, but uh, yeah, you just put it in the 80s and then you forget about it. Like, oh, I, bet, well.
0: I just had like an epiphany from you explaining that was because I made the comment before of like uh, Diana's naivety was like a big fun uh, in the first one. Right. So they yeah. were trying to be Steve as the naive one of like, this is how the 80s worked. Oh, fanny packs. Right, it just is like yeah, but you've been in the world, so like, chill, bro.
1: Yeah, it's like, <laughs> uh, Jeff Winstead. Uh, before I do want to catch up on some of the comments in the chat, but Jeff Winstead. Before we go and do that, uh, I wanted to give you a chance on any final thoughts, which could be uh, about the cameo, uh, just the movie in general, uh, and you know what your lingering feelings are about Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four.
2: I liked the cameo because I was. Probably the only one of the four of us who actually did watch the show as a child. So for me, uh, it was fine. That's about
1: right. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah. Beyond that, I think we mostly covered, I can't think of any final thoughts. I, I just thought they wasted the eighties potential. So I think totally. Was,
1: yeah. Uh, and, and it's like, you you know, good, good luck getting a, a DC eighties movie now because they uh, burned through it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm wearing here. Thing. Hang on. Go sorry. Ahead.
2: Was okay. the, uh, all of the characters are worse in the movie than they are in the comics. Like, they ruined Max Lord. Like, there's no reason this character should be called Max Lord. He was nothing like the character from the books. Um, Steve Trevor's maybe the only character who was actually better in the movies than in the comics, is that guy's been a dud in the comics for 80 years now. But uh, Cheetah also, as, as Will Sterling said earlier, was was much worse in this than, than in the books. So it's almost like we've, we've moved past a point where we say, yeah, but it's comic books the comic books are better than some of these movies and and once you legitimately. see legitimately an yeah and once yes. you seen an end game like once you know there's a potential to do uh, avengers end game is there really an excuse to say well it's just a comic book movie anymore like i think yeah. we've kind of moved past this where these things are much more sophisticated and this movie just didn't live up to that like what we were expecting from just a year and a half ago with the model stuff
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I think uh, I I think that makes sense. Uh, This goes back to our earlier conversation uh, about consent. Uh, Raging Rhino wants to know, does that make Wonder Woman 1984 this era's revenge of the nerds? Because uh, there uh, is uh, some, some very rapey content in a movie that is, in fact, a comedy uh, and, uh, later raging rhino says that I haven't watched new mutants yet, but I still expect it to be better than wonder woman. 1984, Jeff Winstead, have you ever seen it? Because I know how much you like cannonball and I know what's going to annoy you about him. I can't remember if you've seen it or not. Uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll as soon as, as, as soon as he shows up on screen, uh, you'll be like, oh, okay, this is what he was talking it's about. It's the voice, right? Yeah, it's a terrible, <laughs> terrible <laughs> accent. Uh, Craig Robinson says, "I think at least Justice League still has those standout moments that you can go back and rewatch." Um, I think I, 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 would, I, would, I would need a list of those, but I think he's possibly right. Um, sorry, what were we like, you saying? Know,
3: those are the Zach Snyder, like the twenty percent or whatever that stuff, like the tunnel fight and stuff. I'm like, that's a fucking cool action sequence. I'm like, oh yeah, Zach yeah. shot that. Like. Yeah. All the right, right. shit in the beginning, garbage, Joss Whedon stuff, yeah. all the reshot cyborg stuff. You're like, what? And even the final battle, but like, I don't know, some of the little bits and pieces. I'm like, yeah, but uh, what? I'm rich as a superpower. I'm like, this is all great. Like, there are moments in there, but all those moments were from the original trailer. And I'm like, ah, this yeah. is
1: part. Uh, Raging Rhino, whom I believe saw Justice League theatrically seven times. That's right. I believe he said that. Uh, Just League and. In- and Suicide Squad have watchable scenes and fun moments. Uh, and he puts Wonder Woman 1984 uh, at the bottom of that. And uh, he does agree that the the Linda Carter cameo was just fan service. Can't imagine seeing her as a major character in another Wonder Woman movie. And speaking of another Wonder Woman movie, I know that Craig is a little worrying that they're so keen to rush out the third movie. Uh, I mean, they greenlit the third movie. I don't think that it's written. I don't know when that's going to happen, any of that. But uh, I, I wonder what, no pun intended, sorry. I, I'm curious as to what the third movie is going to be and if the reaction to this is going to factor in uh i i don't know i don't know what we're gonna get i'll, I'll uh, as we wind down i'll ask each of you what we're hoping for in uh, a third wonder woman the final comment in the chat from raging rhino uh this film felt empty but then again the movie did warn us about the dangers of wishing for more <laughs> so uh he is not wrong i'll start with you jeff winstead what would you most like to see in a third Wonder Woman movie and you have more familiarity with the character, who would you like to see in the movie, whether it's an adversary or even an ally, what would you personally most like for a third Wonder Woman movie?
2: Hmm. I like to see new screenwriters for one. And uh, that's fair. yeah. beyond that, uh, I would I wouldn't mind seeing it set in modern times this time. Let's just go ahead and bring her up Agreed. to date. Um, yeah. As far as like bringing in another character from the comics, that's a good question because, is she a Dr. Psycho? I can't think will of anybody of, a, of a major Is there is there villain. will is there somebody that you
1: would oh, like Silver to see Swan on Silver Swan? Is
3: a character. Silver Swan? Okay. Yeah. Will
1: is there somebody that you'd like to see from the comics make it make their way to the big screen? That's
3: the thing like I I like and I don't know them so well but they're so silly like Silver like the Cheetah really is I
2: Yeah, she has a weak rogues gallery.
3: Yeah. Um Oh gosh. I mean, some. So,
1: I Will, felt, what you're saying is that she needs uh, a male villain because obviously the female villains just aren't up to snuff. Is that what you're trying to say? Is that the statement that her, you're going to make in 2021? So
3: well, enough outside of just having. I mean, I only picked up her book for Rebirth, so I've only been reading her like the last right. six years or so. Um, and that's the thing, though, is I'm like, fuck, they burned one of the people who could have been interesting for a third movie or yeah. set up a storyline that then they could have continued later. I, now it's like, well, we got yeah. two gone. They're going to try to work. I feel like the dangerous thing is they're going to be like, well, let's fix the cheetah story. And I'm like, no, because now it's weird because we have to pretend like the last one like didn't matter. Like, Just don't do it
1: yeah i agree and uh i have a similar thought for captain marvel 2, which i like yeah that should be set in in the modern timeline i don't want like and here's what she was doing in 2003 i'm like i don't care yeah. just okay you can give he can have one flashback movie for a character and then that's it uh but jeff it would be <laughs> Yeah. Would be Jeff Duray. Yeah. What would you like from a, a third Wonder Woman? Are there characters that you know from? You know, I, I know you've seen a lot of the animated movies. Uh, is is there anything in particular you want to see? It doesn't even have to be a character. What would you want from a third Wonder Woman movie, Jeff Duray? Uh,
0: immediate joke answer: Male director. Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't. That's... I don't even mean that honestly. Because no, like, of course not. No, I, can, I, he's a great director. Yeah. I know. I don't I honestly don't care, but I I would love to see like I I find the whole idea of the Greek gods being real and somehow existing in this world with these metahumans a fascinating potentiality for a greater DCEU. Like what made Shazam more interesting was that you didn't have to be like, "But why is there magic?" cuz they're like, "Yeah, there's magic." So like, let's just do more shit like that. Like, uh, I'd stop. Let's just,
1: uh, yeah. oops, sorry,
0: I got a hungry dog in here with me. Uh, let's just, get yeah. I just, I'd rather them go bigger. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a lot more of the like, I'd rather just get the interesting guys, right? Like, fuck, why don't you just have, uh, if, we, if we could go back to the greater DCEU, the obvious most interesting storyline is the big fight with Apocalypse, uh, right? Or not Apocalypse, uh, Darkseid, on Apocalypse. So you have her be captured and be one of uh, uh, Darkseid's little female fighting force, right? The Furies or whatever they're called. Something like that is far more interesting. The same way there's the storyline where he captures Supergirl and then they have to like go get her. Anything with that is a lot more interesting because then you have her in fights where she can go all out. right? Like You don't feel like you can really show Wonder Woman because you're like, all right, we have to get all the way to the end of the movie for someone to be even potentially on par for her to really do a fight. Everything else is just going to be her punching people in, in slow-mo. Like I'd rather get to a point where we can really see this woman who has military training bust out some moves, right? Like get get her in a big actiony, fighty movie. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know what it needs, but it it needs a lot more <laughs> Uh Are
1: Are uh, any of you familiar with the character of Strife? Raging Rhino says they you should use Strife from Bri- Brian Brian run. Uh, I'm going to defer to raging rhino. If it's somebody that that he thinks should be in a movie, I'm going to be like, you know what? If, if that's what he wants, it's probably going to be awesome. Uh, I don't know. Jeff Winstead, are you familiar with that character?
2: I don't really know anything from after 2011.
1: Okay, that's <laughs> so, fair. The George
2: well, Perez run, like anything you want to pull from, yeah. The George the post the, po- the post crisis
1: uh, yes, Wonder the, Woman, the, the immediate post
2: crisis stuff. It's all good yeah. stuff. For, and Will, by the way, if you have, have you read any of the George Perez stuff, like the early stuff from like eighty seven, eighty six? That's right. good stuff. Okay. I think you'd like that. Yeah. Uh, that's the same
1: era as that uh, that Aquaman miniseries that you liked, right? That was yeah. post crisis.
2: Yeah, that and the the Man of Steel that John Byrne did. Yeah, so it's it's in line with that. Yeah.
1: I feel yeah, like what if they, they go to
3: utilize a lot of that, especially with Man of Steel and a couple things, yeah. they just do it in a weird, in like the wrong way. Like for me, I, honestly, like for Rogue's Gallery, is not that exciting. The DC universe is pretty fucking big. So you could put anybody in that movie. Sure. Maxwell Lord only recent, is actually not that old of a character and then only slowly became like a Wonder Woman bad guy, but was never really specifically like strictly Wonder Woman. No, uh, that
2: was a weird choice for this. Yeah.
3: Just kind of like overall general bad guy in DC universe that she snaps his neck in Crisis or, uh, Infinite Crisis. So like, they just pick anybody. Like it's a shame. Dark Side. <laughs> like let's just do that all like in a different way. I don't yeah. care.
1: That that's the fascinating thing because his name being Maxwell Lord just made me think that well clearly this character was named in the 1940s so uh, I I'm learning right now Jeff DeRay, I feel like you were trying to say something or er, a moment ago
0: uh, I had just had a thought about what um, about the movies but I'm like losing it because this dog is driving me crazy I'm that's glad. all right
1: no 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 it's no worries. Uh, we'll uh, we'll wind that down. Uh, Sam chimes in. I believe it was Sam who uh, says they could use Star Sapphire from the Bruce Tim DCAU. So there's options. Let us know in the comments, or you can tweet at us and let us know your thoughts. Uh, Jeff Duray by having the hungriest dog. Uh, I will let you go first. If uh, people want to keep in touch with you, uh, at Jeff Duray on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but, uh, you know, don't expect much. But you have you have tweeted uh, in the last week. I've seen a few. I've been tweeting.
0: I'm tweeting. That's the only one I redownloaded it because it was the one that I liked the least. So I thought it would be the least potentially addictive yeah. in terms of social media. Uh, I remember what I was going to say, which is I think the way to save the DCEU is stop trying to make a DCEU and just start making some Elseworld DC movies. Like, some standalone type stuff, a la the Joker. It's so much more interesting.
1: That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, I I think that they're not as interconnected as as they had planned and uh, I guess we'll see from there. Well, thank you, Jeff DeRay. As always, we appreciate it. Uh, Give our best to MJ and everyone over there. Uh, We, uh, I will let you go because uh, you know, dog feeding time, you, you gents know how important that is. Uh, Jeff Winstead, if uh, yes. people want to keep in touch with you, if for people watching, they can see it on the screen. But for our audio listeners, how do they keep in touch with you?
2: I'm on all the stuff at Jeff Winstead. And uh, I am
1: not been very active lately,
2: but I'm on there. So.
1: Yeah. And uh, if they want uh, a great independent comic book series, uh, Jeff has created The Alternate uh, for... Five issues or six? I'm sorry, I forgot. Six issues. Six issues. Yeah. Uh, and you can get that on Comixology. Uh, it's, uh, I, I, we've we've all uh, ventured uh, into the world of The Alternate, and uh, I hope that uh, everybody checks it out. And, and you can also get
2: it on Kindle for Amazon now. Okay.
1: And hopefully one day we're all talking about how much we love the movie version of The Alternate. Well, Sterling,
3: Listen, I'm looking when
1: for- and so, where can... Well yeah, and obviously the the lead in that film will be the one and only Mr. Will Sterling uh of the Will Uh Will where can people find you?
3: Uh at Will Sterling underscore Twitter and Instagram. I am active, but people don't always like what I have to say. So follow me, on un- yeah. me, me, send yeah. me mail, look at almost nude photos of me on Instagram, you know.
1: That's that's true. Yeah. I, I, I do I I do get comments from people sometimes talking about the uh, the the racy photos that that we'll post, and uh, yeah, if you want to get in a fight with Jeff Duray, uh, it's not even really a fight. But if you want to have a back and forth uh, that where it's a, it's it's not even a it's not a fight, it's a disagreement. If you want to disagree with Jeff Duray, he will definitely disagree with you. Uh, people in the chat right now, he disagreed with in the last week, so it's. Uh, It's always great. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the Blackcast YouTube channel. We have this show. We have Marvel Movie Talk, which will be this Friday, the 15th, because uh, for the next nine weeks, at least, it'll be the WandaVision after show. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Very excited about uh, what will certainly be a very unique entry from the marvel universe the marvel cinematic universe uh you can find that show and uh, we have our our political show which is now called biden time Uh, biden Biden time and uh yeah riding with biden Uh, that's another idea uh so you can find those shows there but of course uh this one blackcast.com b-l-a-d-t-c-a-s-t Thank you to our Jeffs, Duray and Winstead and Jeff Sterling, uh, all the Jeffs that we had today. And uh, we appreciate everybody in the chat. We will see you next time on the Blackcast. Fighting for your rights And the old red, white, and blue